to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob. I say it in the book, but if you can wait, then you can win. The power of the mental game and mental toughness is through patience. And how this book is written is simply like that. Like we have to be urgent towards the important things in our life. There is no easing into a street fight. That's what Dick Vermeil, head coach of the LA Rams, used to say. Like there's no easing into a street fight. Like if you ease into the workout, if you ease into the game, if you ease into this venture that you're going to be going into, um, you're going to get booted out. I mean, you are going to get pushed out. Folks, when I finished my 100 miler, I was happy to be done, but I wasn't finished. The reason why my legs weren't completely bonked from running was that I used PR lotion by Momentus. It simply eliminated any lactic acid buildup in my legs, and it's the best product I've ever used. Momentus is a leading nutrition and supplement company which works with over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. No other company has the accolades of being awarded six innovation contracts from the Department of Defense for Human Performance. Since I started using PR Lotion, I now use their plant-based protein collagen peptides and recovery formula look if performing is important to you do yourself a favor go to livemomentous.com and for listening today you get the best part a discount enter code drb20 for 20 percent off your order that's drb and the number 20 livemomentous.com optimize perform and recover livemomentous.com so episode 118 of the mental toughness podcast is just me your host dr rob bell and the reason why it's just me is because i needed to share with you the listeners about i can't wait to be patient and the fastest way to get there. Why this book was written, why it was so difficult to write, and the meaning and the essence behind it, and who it's written for. You know, can't wait. Like, I can't wait for that party, or I can't wait for summer. Like, it's a wonderful euphemism. But when you think about it, it's highly inaccurate. Because not only can we wait, but we will wait. See, time without a doubt is the most precious resource we have. It's, it's what equals the playing field amongst human beings. It's the only resource that is exactly the same for everybody. We don't get to speed up time and we don't get to slow down time. Time by itself is undefeated, except it's not an opponent. And can't wait. Boy, I just can't wait. Can't wait for you to read it. Well, it's inaccurate because we're going to have to wait. 
I mean, we're going to wait an average of five years of our entire life just waiting in lines. I mean, think about the slow line like you just waited in. Like, think about the traffic that you just waited in. Average individual spends 38 hours each year in traffic. I mean, we wait to see a physician for 26 days. And once we're in there, like the average waiting time is 20, 25 minutes. I mean, we're going to spend two years of our entire existence just in the bathroom. And I don't need to tell you about how much time it's spent really just sleeping, right? If you really want an essence of time, we spend 26 years of our lives asleep. And you know what is really going to bake your noodle on this one? Is that we spend seven years of our lives just trying to get to sleep. And the reason why I share that is because you're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. And with my gig being all about mental toughness and being the best at getting better, one part that I failed to really look at was why don't we approach the mental game, our mental toughness, our mental improvement, our mindset through the most powerful resource? And that's time. You know, when it hit me was training for a 100-mile run. And I did 16 different training runs over a marathon distance. It was one of those days where it was probably like 10 a.m. in the morning. I hit the trail at 6. 10 a.m. It's four hours. I got about eight miles to go, and I just wanted to be done. Like I was really, I was just over it. You know, I mean, it was hot, really sticky. You got these horse flies going on there. I just want to be done. And then it really hit me at that point. I said, Rob, if you, so that's what I was saying, right? I can't wait till this run is over. And it struck me because, Rob, if, if you can't wait till this run is over, like if you want to fast forward time, then you have to fast forward the time on the good times too. Like you can't wait for this, this celebration to be over. Because I don't get to choose time. I don't get to choose to hold on to the good times and I don't get to choose to let go of those bad times. Like I don't get to speed up or slow down time. My issue in life, like some of you, was I always wanted the good times to just last a little longer. And so after the good times were done, whatever that was, right, the celebration, the party, uh, the, the mountaintop moment, after that was done, I'd always get sad because I just wanted it to last a little longer. I didn't want it to be over. And that gets back to the power of time. Now, think about the power of time. So that's why this book was written. That's why it struck me so powerful on that run is I just couldn't wait to be done. And then it was like, wait a minute, like this all can't just be for the train and run. And when I'm running like that too, I mean, I don't listen to any music. I'm trying to, you know, quote, be mindful, or whatever the Zen saying we want to say is, I mean, just be in the moment, right? I mean, just be enjoying the experience. And all that experience isn't all enjoyable, but there's always a lesson that's going to be in there. So I'm always thinking a lot, like in my run. And, um, you know, that's why I was thinking this can't just all be for that race. All this training cannot be just for that race. There has to be meaning in this run, in this suffering. And I think when we just take that perspective, then it becomes powerful. So one of the notes, like from the book, is the process takes perspective and the product 
takes patience. We can't wait. Well, we will wait. And we're going to have to wait. But then just think about like the power of time. See, time, like I said, it's only it's non-renewable. We don't get to make any more time. You can always make new friendships. You can make more money, make new relationships, but you, you can't create any more time. And it's what we want most, but it's what we use the worst. I mean, just think about the number of sayings with time, right? We save time. You have time management, spend time, waste time, kill time, get lost in time. We don't have time. Only time will tell. Time marches on. Press for time. The test of time. It's a matter of time. Time flies or stands still. Going through a tough time, time after time after time. I mean, all these sayings of time, but we've never approached the mental game just through looking at time, the most precious resource that we have. And that is why this book was written. And frankly, it's only like when we have kids too. And if again, if you're listening to this, you don't have kids, like good on you. You know, it's great. You know, I'm not saying you have to go out and get kids or anything, but it's like, you know, time, it's supply and demand theory. When you were a kid, when you were young, you have all the supply in the world of time that you want. And there's not a lot of demand. Now that starts to change. And once that starts to change, once the supply goes down or you realize how much time you have, that's a finite amount. Once you realize that the time gets limited and the demand goes up, now what becomes more precious? Time, supply and demand. As the supply goes down, demand goes up, then it becomes more expensive. What's well, the same exact thing for time? See, when my kids were born and anyone's kids were born that you're listening to this, the clock now grows legs, right? The days are long, but the years are fast. Like I look back at my kids and think that was just yesterday, but it was like a whole lifetime ago. And how fast it moves. See, when you get kids, the clock grows legs because there is a specific now time stamp on those moments and monuments that they kind of go through in life. You know exactly where you were when this part of their life was going on. So up till that point, there's really not a time stamp. You can kind of remember like where you lived, maybe when you were 23 or 25, and you remember those experiences, but there's there's not a specific time stamp to it. And that's why the book was written. You know, I always had a tough time with, right? Tough time. Always had a tough experience with time and wanting it to last a little longer. And that was, that's always been my issue. And the funny thing about time is how much we as a society, how much we relish and romanticize speed. Like, look at any kind of marketing that you're going to receive right now. Like, like, which one would you buy? How to write a book in a year or less, or how to write a book and publish it in 30 days, right? I mean, we're always going to pick the faster route that we want because we are designed to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. I am not going to get in my car, punch it in, about how to get there and then pick the slowest route. I, I challenge you to do it because it's tough. We want to get there as fast as possible. And part of like the book that's really important is rhythm becomes more important than speed. But that is, we place so much importance on speed, but we still don't appreciate time as much. 
Hey, good looking. If you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated, then visit our website, drrobbell.com, and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment. I say it in the book, but if you can wait, then you can win. The power of the mental game and mental toughness is through patience. And how this book is written is simply like that. Like We have to be urgent towards the important things in our life. There is no easing into a street fight. That's what Dick Vermeil head coach of the LA Rams used to say, like, there's no easing into a street fight. Like if you ease into the workout, if you ease into the game, if you ease into this venture that you're going to be going into, um, you're going to get booted out. I mean, you are going to get pushed out because you have to approach that, which is important in your life with a sense of urgency. There is no other way to do it. If you approach this practice as if it doesn't matter, it's no big deal, then that's the results that you're going to get. So the problem is, is because we approach, and that's why this book is written for dogs. This book is written for successful people. Because we approach everything with a sense of urgency, now what happens is that faucet becomes broke. There's no off switch, and it's always going. Now there's a sense of urgency towards everything, and then that's where the problem emerges. So patience, if we look at urgency as the workout, patience is the recovery. And how much are we talking about the importance of recovery now? But all we talk about with recovery is, okay, your sleep, your hydration, your nutrition, all important things. But like, if you don't do those things, if you don't recover well, then all the hard work that you do really doesn't matter that much because you're going to get injured. You're going to burn out. um, You're going to lose the passion. And so urgency is the workout. Patience is the recovery of the mind. Patience is the recovery. The reason, I mean, this book was so difficult to write. I've written eight books. You would think, you would think that the the process would be easier because I've done it so many times. It's actually gotten harder. One reason why it's gotten harder is because I hate reading books where people uh, quote themselves or they repeat themselves. Like I already read this in the other book. Like I get it, right? Um, This book is not a book about motivation. Like, you know, if if you need to be motivated, then you got to get a different book. This isn't about that. This is a book all on recovery, patience, recovery of the mind. And the reason why it was so difficult even specifically to write this one is because if you followed me, like I write for one hour every day, like that was the system. That was what worked. And then it became this point where I'm writing for one hour every day and I'm not getting anywhere. And it doesn't really have anything to do with me not writing. It has to do with me. This does not fit. I've got 25 pages of single spaced fodder that didn't even make the book. It didn't make the book. And the reason why I didn't make the book, one, I would say my system is a little bit off when it comes to that, but it just didn't fit because how can somebody argue that action doesn't change everything? 
It does. Like we can't read a cake. We can't read the directions of a cake and expect a cake to appear. Like we have to know action is what changes everything. If you want that date, you have to go up and ask her. If you want that sale, you have to be able to go up and ask for it. You have to have the actions and behaviors that you do in order to lead to success. That's why this book is written for winners because we already know that. Action changes everything. And there isn't any self-help or guru that's going to be out there that's not saying, all right, action, you got to do the work. Hey, you got to do the work. You just got to make sure you do the work and make sure you're doing the work and the grind. All right, I get that. So what's the counter to that argument? Well, there is no counter to it. You have to do it. But the problem with that is because since action changes everything and action is the answer, then what it means is what our mind says is action has to be the answer for everything. You just have to go. Now, if we are driving and we have a boulevard of green lights in our life at that moment, things are great. By all means, just keep acting. But we have an action bias. We always think that action in every single circumstance is better than waiting or observing or thinking about it a little bit more or talking about it with someone. We always think, no, 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 action. Action is what you need to do. And the reason why it was so difficult to write the book is because I can't, I can't really necessarily argue with that. I'm not saying inaction is better than action. What I'm trying to say is that you better have a plan in place of when you don't have the Boulevard of Green Lights and you're coming up against roadblocks, construction, red lights, you're late. When do these things happen in life? Well, that's going to be the adversity that then we face in life. And instead of getting back to, you know, the whatever the saying is right now of the growth mindset or the mindfulness or, or whatever it is that you want to quote, it's it's there's nothing wrong with it, right? But what I'm saying is, is that why don't we just look at our most important resource and approach our mental game through that? And that's why it was so difficult to write because action is great, but action is not always the best answer in every single circumstance. 16 months it took to write this damn book. 16 months. I mean, I was telling people last year, going to get you that advanced copy. And I would get emails saying, hey, did you already send that copy? Because I haven't got it yet. No, no. You know what? The book isn't even really done yet. Um, but I'm, I'm, you're, you're still on the list. You're going to be getting it. And I get another email You know, a month later. Did, is that book done yet? I can't wait to get it. You know, that's how, that's how much we, we love speed. And that's why this book was just so damn hard to write was because there's a balance. I'm not saying action doesn't change everything. It does, but it's not always the best answer. And if you can't be patient, then what is going to happen is that urgency and not being able to slow down is going to go into all areas of our life. And then that is where the real stress, the angst, the anxiety, the the burnout, the feeling overwhelmed happens because we haven't been able to put it in neutral and reset. Think about it for a second, right? So think back to a recent example for you when things were not well, when things were just kind of going off, they, they were just off the rails, but they weren't really clicking, okay? 
And what'd you do? Chances are, well, we tried something or we did something. How many companies or, well, let's just do that. And then we get away from our recipe of success. And then we, are, we, we slowly just start circling around in terms of what was it? What were we doing? What did we change? Because if you don't know what your neutral is, if you don't know exactly like your recipe for success, it's going to be tough to repeat that recipe. You're going to lose the recipe. And that is why action in every circumstance is not always the best. That is why icing the kicker in football does not work. That is why when the top cardiologists are away at conferences, when doctors go on strike, the mortality rate doesn't increase, it decreases because doctors and NFL coaches are just like us. They think action in every circumstance is always going to be better. Well, let's do the surgery because that's going to be better than waiting and seeing what happens. Well, the results show, well, that's actually not the case. Waiting is a good thing. If you can wait, well, apparently, if you can wait, you can live. But if you wait, then you can win. So you answer me that. And, you know, why, when the top cardiologists or all doctors go on strike, why does mortality rate go down or it stays the same? Because the doctors that were in charge weren't going to be doing this unnecessary surgery that had the consequence of death as a result. Yeah, it was possible. Well, top cardiologists don't look at it like that. Look at it. Well, you know, whatever the success could be, we're going to go ahead and take that chance. And I'm not saying like, you know, best cardiologists aren't the best cardiologists and a reason. What I'm saying is, is that action in every circumstance is not always the best case. A couple of notes that I want to share with you kind of like about the book is, you know, when you look at urgency, you know, urgency is important. You have to have a sense of urgency towards the important things in life. If you have a sense of urgency towards that, which is unimportant, well, then everything becomes urgent. You have to be urgent only towards the important things in your life. The reason why is because urgency trumps the important. Urgency is a madman by itself running around crazy. Everything is going to be urgent. Think about it, right? You get that one email or you get that call that needs to be done now, everything else drops and you take care of it. Well, if you do that repeatedly every day for every single urgent item that happens, well, no wonder stress, anxiety, angst, and being overwhelmed becomes the result because everything's urgent and we're not taking care of the important. Important urgencies is what I call them, important urgencies. So the reason why it was so difficult to write this book as well is because, well, you had to unpack and, you know, well, what was it? What do we need to be urgent about? You need to be urgent towards that which is important. But there are killers towards urgency. There are things that kill our sense of urgency. Hence, let's look at, well, what are a couple of those what are a couple of the killers to important urgencies? I can kind of put that one in the book. I'll tell you one. One threat or killer to important urgency is excess time. Excess time. We think we have enough time. Like if you take, hey, man, I've got four hours to study for this test. 
you think studying for four hours is going to be better than studying for two hours. Look, all the research shows time is just a baseline measurement. It's just the baseline. It's not the most important thing when it comes to success because focus and energy management towards your time becomes more important. If you study for four hours, how much of that time is really spent studying and how much of that time is spent you know, checking out a video here, making a call, kind of researching a little bit, taking a little break. If you practice for four hours, how much of that time is spent, you know, looking at kind of different things instead of, because you can't be urgent for the whole four hours and dialed in for the whole four hours. You have to be able to take those mini breaks throughout. So the reason why is I'm not saying four hours of practice isn't better than two hours. What I'm saying is, is when we have an unlimited time, when we have excess time, we waste the time. We use the time. If you give somebody one hour to study instead of four hours, so it turns into like, not only, you know, that, that whole, like, you don't, you don't have to, you, you get to, well, let's change it to you're allowed to. You're allowed to study for one hour. So the research that looked at procrastination, they gave individuals time periods where they could study. Procrastination was done because there was no excess time. We appreciated those small moments. We appreciated and we knew we had a, a, a limited time and we were going to focus just on this. So there weren't a whole lot, whole lot of distractions that were going into uh, our focus, our preparation. And you remove those distractions. Well. Now you can really be urgent towards the important things in life. So that was like one of the pieces I had to unpack. When do we need to be urgent? And what are some of those threats to urgencies? And so then after that, like that's where it came out. Like we, we need to know when to be urgent and how to be patient. How do we be patient? How to be patient. This is probably why it was so hard to write it, man, because I'm not patient. I'm not. And that's why that becomes really the most important path is I want to be, I want to be patient. I can't wait to be patient. The mental game is more about subtraction than it is addition. It's more about removing things that aren't important, removing people, removing places that aren't important as opposed to adding things. It really is. I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, think about how hard this is to abstain, to go without, uh, to hold back, to control oneself when you're provoked. Boy, that is like the double black diamond of actions. They're all actions, but they're not ones that we really perceive to be mentally tough. But that is the part of patience. It's about removing the things that are important instead of adding the things. I can't wait to be patient. The fastest way to get there, it's about subtraction that is addition. Why? Why is it that every single religion holds patience up as the highest of virtues? Judaism, Taoism, Buddhism, Christianity. Christianity calls it the fruits of the spirit. Why do they hold these up as, as the highest of virtues? Because I think. Those religions knew that we, as individuals, we were hardwired to get from point A to point B as fast as possible, and henceforth, we were going to struggle with forbearance, with patience, with 
acceptance with the absence of having resentment towards people with assurance of a better future with the ability to wait without haste or restlessness look emotions say hurry wisdom says wait and that's why you know it's being urgent with the process the process takes perspective and it's about being patient with the results urgent with the process patient with the results and everything that we're doing knowing that if we keep doing our process, our recipe for process, our recipe for success. It's going to give us an assurance for a better future. And the assurance for the better future is, is that once we know that adversity is going to hit, the setbacks are going to hit, there's going to be major strife that's going to occur. And how we deal, handle, and cope with it is going to be, how do we be patient with the results? I always say this, look, life pays you back when it wants to pay you back. Life does not pay you back when you want it to. Hence, because, and we're under this illusion that because we grind for a week straight, or we grind for a month straight, or we grind for a year straight or 16 months straight, that it's going to then pay back right when we want it. Well, I'm going to probably say like 16 months is a pretty good time, right? Like if you're grinding for 16 months, you should be able to see some sort of product, right? Some sort of result at that time. But we think, man, because it worked really, really hard this week, um, I'm going to see results next week. And it doesn't happen like that. Life pays you back when it wants to pay you back, not when you want it to pay you back. And I've always gotten that. Like, I've never struggled with knowing that the results take patience. Never struggled with that. What I've always struggled with, and I, I hate to admit it, but what I've always struggled with is when technology doesn't work. I've always struggled with, for some reason, when I'm waiting in line, like that's the time that, you know, if this person would just kind of go, it's not like the traffic, right? It's not the traffic. It's the person right in front of me. If the person right in front of me would just go, then then we'd be fine, right? So I don't even look at it like that. I look at it like the immediate. The problem with the immediate and the problem with the short term is the short term is not incorrect. It's incomplete. And what do we do in today's society is we take a short-term snapshot of, I mean, let's just look at one person that you want. We take a short-term snapshot, and then what we do is we extrapolate it into everything. Like, this is how it's going to be from, from here on out. And that's the part that's incorrect. The short-term isn't necessarily incorrect, but it's incomplete. And we look at our life in the short term through a microscope where we look at the long term through a telescope. And that's the part where it's like, man, Wayne Dyer had a such righteous quote, man. He said like infinite patience produces immediate results. If you can be patient, you will see the results. Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today. 
Tune in to KukoRadio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station. Playing nothing but hits. Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at KukoRadio.com. Patience is vital when we encounter adversity, the struggle, or the setbacks in life. I mean, adversity is always going to introduce us to ourselves, the worst part of ourselves. And instead of feeling like we have to do something, we need to be able to pause. We need to be able to reflect. We need to be able to think more instead of just feeling overwhelmed all the time, because that is going to bleed into all areas of our life. And we're going to kind of lose our bearings, our neutral, our center in terms of what is it that's really bothering me. Our mental skills, our mental toughness, our mental health, our mental wellness hinges upon our relationship with time and our ability to be patient. When you improve your relationship with time, you're going to improve the relationship with yourself and you're going to improve all your relationships that you've got. If you can wait, then you can win. Book's going to be out in May. Can't wait for you to get it. Can't wait for you to read it. Can't wait is the hashtag. Hashtag can't wait. And I wanted to introduce this because I need to outline why it's taken so long and why I get so many people emailing me. And this just becomes part of like the promotion as well is I think this is a game changer when it comes to our lives and how we need to approach it. The same thing that I've said before, I'll say it again. Urgency is the workout in life. Like you need to work out in order to be healthy. In order to be mentally tough, like you have to go through adversity. In order to have like mental wellness, mental health, you have to be able to go through adversity, you have to be able to stress. That's not the bad thing. That's a good thing. Problem is, is the recovery piece. Patience becomes the recovery of the mind. toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.